This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. stand with me. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for just a few seconds. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We give you praise and glory. For it is in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Before we sit down, let us read a scripture together. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We're going to read 19 and 20. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We're going to read 19 and 20. It says, because of that experience, we have even, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ, the morning star, shines in your hearts may the lord bless the reading of his word you may be seated in the presence of the lord amen thank you for the music but i won't be needing it thank you this morning i would like to continue from where we left off last week but just a very quick recap one of the things that we mentioned last week is that the message of the uh, scriptures is Jesus Christ and that we must ensure that we are not carried away by the stories of the Bible to forget the idea and the message which is our Lord Jesus Christ the Bible says in the scripture that we read right now in 2nd Peter 1 19 to make us understand that the prophets were those that prophesied about the Savior the prophets are those that prophesied about the Savior. So we as Christians, followers of Christ, when we read the scriptures, we must not be so focused on the life of the prophets and the doings of the prophets to ignore the purpose of the prophet, which is to reveal Jesus Christ. The idea and the focus of their assignment as prophets is to ensure that we are prepared for the day of dawning. Hallelujah. Which Christ, the morning star, shines in our hearts. 
Praise the name of Jesus. We mentioned last week also that Jesus Christ was letting them understand where he stood and what was his purpose for coming. Amen. Where he stood as Savior and his purpose for coming. The Bible lets us understand that he did not come to condemn the world. But that through him, the world might be saved. Very, very important for us to understand what is the agenda of Jesus. The agenda of Jesus, when we say the will of God, when we say the will of God, the agenda of Jesus is for us to make sure we have the understanding that he came not to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. Jesus Christ explained, and we read this particular scripture last week as well. We said John chapter 5, verse 36. We're going to read 36 through 44. John chapter 5, verse 36 to 44. He was bringing correction to the people because the people were used to and they were accustomed in doing things in a particular way and Jesus was making sure that they understand that those ways are not the way that he is coming to, to, to proclaim unto the world. So he rebukes in this John chapter 5 verse 36 through 44. Let us read. It says, but I have a greater witness than John. My teachings and my miracles, the father gave me these works to accomplish and they prove that he sent me and the father who sent me has testified about me himself you have never heard his voice or seen him face to face and you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe me the one he's the one he sent to you you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. The scriptures point to me. You refuse to come to me to receive this life. Your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you. For I have come to you in my father's name and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe. For you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. We mentioned last week that there is what they call a misuse of things. A lot of us that we call ourselves Christians, we are still caught up in misusing the scriptures. We are caught up in misusing the word of God. We are caught up in using it and manipulating the word to fit our standard. I gave an example last week of the woman who came on social media and she opened the scripture and was raining curses on her ex-husband on her ex for mistreating her. 
that is incorrect and an improper way to use the scripture. And Jesus, in the scripture we just read, was letting us understand that you have a different agenda from why I came. And the agenda that you have is what I see that you're doing. But I am telling you that I have come with a different agenda. And that agenda is to ensure that you understand the love of God. Hallelujah. Jesus made it clear. And he said that those prophets prophesied of him and they point the finger to him. So again, in us reading the scripture and when, the, when, when Jesus was talking about the scripture here in this particular moment, we must understand that there is no New Testament yet. We're not talking about, Matthew, we're not talking about the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that we know now, amen. He was talking about from Genesis to Malachi. That was what he was referring to as the scripture. Amen. So Jesus is making sure we understand that he is the message of the scripture. If you're reading Genesis to Malachi, you must read it in the light of Christ. You must look for the identity of Christ. You must look it not to focus on the stories and the things that makes it look wow 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 the only wow factor in the scriptures is Jesus hallelujah somebody the only wow factor in the scriptures is Jesus any other thing that is uh, brought up above that is counterfeit do I hear an amen in the house? Are you with me so far? Jesus was making clear that the message of the scripture is himself. Those prophets, the major idea of them was that they were servants that came to prophesy about the Messiah. The focus, whether Old Testament, whether New Testament, the focus that is superior to any other focus must be Jesus Christ. Do I hear an amen? Nothing should be glorified above the message of Christ. Can you say that to your neighbor? Nothing should be glorified above the message of Jesus Christ. Last week I was trying to explain that there was a point where he was speaking and that was the rebuke we just heard while he was on earth, uh, uh, before he died. And then I wanted to progress into what he spoke to them and how he related to his disciples after he died. Amen. And we're going to look at that today in the book of Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verse 44, we're going to read from 44 to 46. Luke chapter 24, from verse 44. It says, then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything, every what? Everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. So Jesus is here and he is already risen and he is saying to them that the idea 
and the whole focus of what the law of Moses and all of that is the revelation of him. Amen. He said in the law, go back please, I'll let you know when we're moving forward. In the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Hallelujah. He didn't mention anything else about their life, their stories, and all of that. That's all fillers. What was important is that these individuals were fashioned and created to prophesy about this glorious and wonderful day that the Lord will come, he will die, he will be buried, and he will resurrect, uh, resurrect from the dead. Do I hear an amen? So he continued by saying, let's move on now. It says, then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. And so when I was studying, I paused here. What does the Bible mean that he opened their eyes to understand scripture? These people know the scripture. They know it. They know their father Moses. They know their father Abraham. They knew the scriptures. But knowing the scripture does not mean you have understanding of the scripture. Being able to quote the Bible does not mean you have an understanding of the scripture. Being able to uh, uh, tell us stories, Bible stories, does not mean you understand the scripture. Now, these people, they knew the scripture. But the Bible is letting us understand that Jesus, the Bible says, then he opened their minds to understand scripture what did he open their minds to understand they know the stories they know when they left Egypt they know what happened in all those stories they know the scripture but it required understanding to know what is the agenda at hand let's look at it it says and he said the Bible says he opens their mind to understand scripture and he said yes it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. Let's continue. It was also written that this message will be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is, for, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Amen. We can stop there. Praise God. So before Jesus rose from the dead. Everybody that was around there. They knew the stories. They understood. Uh, they, they knew the stories rather. They knew about the things that happened. But it required for Jesus to open their understanding. That what is the main purpose of those that those scriptures that were written, the main focus is to point them to the Messiah. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? Why? And then, you know, so after Jesus did that, there was a part of the scripture that said that, you know, he, this is now he's risen from the dead. He's told them many things like, you know what? Then the Bible says that from, from Genesis and he kept on revealing himself and he was going farther and farther. But then 
In John 16 verse 12, he says something. John 16 verse 12, he says, there is so much more I want to tell you. But you can't bear it now. He says, there is so much more I want to tell you. But you can't bear it now. That means the fulfillment, the full, the totality of what we that are sitting here today that we know or that we are we have access to those that lived with Jesus did not have access to it he said there are many things I still want to tell you but I can't right now because you cannot bear it right now so I'm wondering again you know because when we're reading the Bible we should be wondering because it's very important for our understanding to be opened I'm not just reading just to read you should not just be reading just to read if you're just reading to read then you will focus on the stories and then they left Egypt and then they, that's cute that's nice but that is not the focus and the message of the scriptures as we saw and I've been showing you. So the Bible says that Jesus said unto us in John, uh, said to them uh, in John 16 verse 12, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. So I started to wonder why couldn't he tell them? Why? John 16 verse 13. John 16 verse 13 says, it says, when the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you in what? Into all truth. That means there was some truth that Jesus could not tell them that because they cannot bear it. There's some things that, you know, when a child is growing up, they just cannot bear it yet. They cannot. If you tell them, you're telling them and you're wasting your time. Because they do not have what it takes to, to grasp what you're trying to say. And so he says here, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will what? Guide you into what? All truth. He will not speak of him. He will not speak on his own, but he, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future, the future that we are in right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Are we getting this? Are you feeling me this morning? Making sure that we understand how to read scripture with understanding. So the first thing that Jesus says is for you to understand the totality of my purpose for coming. For you to understand that I had to come. I had to die. I have to be raised from the dead and I have to go. In order for you to understand the full truth about that, the whole, what, you know, like the intricate detail and the juice and the, the, the blessings in that totality of the death, the burial, and the resurrection is for you to have the Holy Spirit. Praise God. They couldn't get all of it yet because all of it is not complete yet. He just... For when he was saying that he hadn't even died the blessing in the death has not been revealed the blessing in the fact that he was in the grave has not been revealed yet the blessing that comes from his rising from the dead has not been revealed the blessing of the ascension because there is also blessing in the ascension so Jesus said to them I can't tell you everything right now but the Holy Spirit 
will come. And when he comes, he will guide you in all truths. Are you with me? Then, what other requirements do we need? The Bible lets us understand in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read 7, and then we're going to jump to 11 and 12. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, and then we're going to jump to 11 through 12. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. In order for us to have the full knowledge, God, had, uh, Jesus, had to ascend. And the Holy Spirit had to come. Number two, the Bible said that he gave gifts to the church. What are those gifts? Verse, verse uh, where am I? It says, let's read verse seven again. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, their responsibility, somebody said responsibility, their responsibility is to what? Equip God's people, what? To do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So again, quick uh, review. In order, Jesus said, there are things I want to tell you, but I cannot tell you all of it. Because in order for you to have full understanding, understanding, reading is one thing, understanding is another. So when we open the Bible, we must pray that we have understanding. So as we are reading, we are praying because it requires the Holy Spirit to give us revelation, understanding on what we are reading or else we will just be reading letters without understanding to understand what is the main idea. So not only did he give us the Holy Spirit to be with us as our comforter, to reveal all. He said, I'm only revealing some because the, uh, the package is not fully complete yet. The package fully complete when he ascends. And the Bible says that when he ascended, he gave gifts. He gave apostles, evangelists, prophets, pastors, and teachers to equip the body of Christ, to ensure that we have an understanding of what is the message of Jesus Christ. Do I hear an amen? When we then remember that there was one that he chose in the early days and in the beginning, his name is Paul. Amen. We understand Paul to be an individual who was a Pharisee, who was a teacher of the scriptures, but in all of the time that he was teaching the scripture, he had no revelation and he had no understanding because he focused on the law instead of seeing and being able to identify the prophecies of the prophet to reveal Jesus. He taught he was a Pharisee. He had full understanding of the law. And not only that, because of his lack of understanding, he persecuted Christians and he killed many Christians until he met with Jesus on the way to Damascus. And everything changed because what Jesus was telling us that he opened their minds to understand scripture is exactly what happened to 
Paul on the road to Damascus. He had been teaching. But then there was something. There was an encounter. The Holy Spirit came upon him. Everything changed radically. Praise God. So we then see Paul giving us his credentials in one of the things that he wrote. And let's look at Galatians chapter 1 very quickly. Galatians chapter 1 verse 1. Galatians chapter 1 verse 1. It says, this letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised him from the dead. So that brings me to the, to the conclusion that I want to say about the gifts that he gave to the body of Christ. We said that he gave the Holy Spirit, that's one. Number two, he gave gifts when he ascended. These gifts that he gave was given it was not um, selected by man. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are not selected by man, but they are God-given offices for the body of Christ to equip them. Are you with me? So it's important for us to understand that Paul is making us understand his credentials. The reason and the, the what gives him the audacity to complete what Jesus could not complete. Because at this point now, they are able to complete the whole thing because Jesus has died. When he said he couldn't tell us everything, it was before he died and now he has died he was buried he's been resurrected and he's gone up to heaven and given the holy ghost and the gifts to the body of christ so now we have everything that we need to equip us to make sure that we have the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help us god Praise the name of Jesus. So that scripture that everybody reads and say, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered. We're using it for physical blessing. Oh, sis, happy birthday. Eyes have not seen, ears have not. You're using it incorrectly. That's not, what the, what, that's not the purpose of that scripture. That scripture was actually being quoted. And he was talking about the prophets. The prophets, their eyes did not see. Their ears did not hear. We like to isolate scripture and not read the pretext and the post text. Because if we look at that scripture that is quoted in the New Testament, it said it was quoting first and then it gives us the balance. It quotes the old and then gives us the balance. It said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. But, hallelujah, that's the next scripture. But the Holy Ghost has revealed it to us. So we are not the ones that our eyes have not seen. Our eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because we are in the dispensation of understanding that we benefit what Elijah could not benefit from. We benefit what from what David could not benefit from. They only prophesied about him. They did not behold his glory like you and I are beholding his glory and beholding his blessings and that the Bible says we are joint heirs with him. Everything that he is, we are. If he's up in glory, we are up with him in glory. The Bible 
says we are seated far above principalities and power in high places. So I understand because I am one that is not quoting out of text and outdated things that says eyes have not seen. My eyes have seen. Hallelujah. My ears have heard that Jesus has risen. Jesus has risen. Jesus has risen. And when he rose, the Bible said the Holy Ghost came to dwell amongst us, to dwell in us, and he gave gifts to equip the body of Christ. Amen. I want to show you an example very quickly of some of the scriptures that we look at when we talk about these offices are God-given. Very quickly, let's look at Acts of the Apostle, chapter 13. We're going to read 1 to 3 very quickly. Acts of the Apostle, 1 to 3, says, Amongst the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were this, this person, that person, that person. Let's quickly jump to... It says, one day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I, God, have called them. So after more fasting and praying, the man, they laid hands on them and sent them. It was clear that he's called them apostles that I have chosen. Let's compare that to this scripture. Acts of the Apostles chapter 6 verse 2 to 4. Acts of the Apostles chapter 6 verse 2 to 4. It says, so they 12. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God. We apostles should spend time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who will who are well respected and are full of spirit and wisdom. Why am I reading this scripture to you? For two reasons. Number one reason is to understand the difference between the offices that are God-given versus deacons, deaconesses, and all those people that are helping these offices which are selected by men, ordained by men. Do we understand the difference between the office, apostles, pastors, uh, evangelists, and all those offices versus being helpers? So now the important reason why I brought this up is for us to understand that there is a purpose for everything that God gives us. The gift that he gave us, those five gifts that he gave us is to equip the church. Their primary the word primary assignment is to study the word of God. To ensure that when you come, you eat proper food and proper diet. You are equipped for the work of the ministry. My primary assignment is to ensure, pastor's primary assignment is to ensure that you are taught. We are teachers of the word. Number one assignment. The whole purpose of the office is to equip the body. And so Paul was saying, it is wrong for you to see the pastor waiting the 
tables or being the one running the food program. His primary assignment is to teach the word of God. So you should feel blessed when you have an event on Saturday night and pastor shows up for one hour, blesses you and go. Have respect for that. Why? Because he is doing what he is called to do. His primary assignment is that on Sunday morning, you expect him to be on this pulpit. Not saying I'm sick. Not saying, well, I don't know what to preach this morning. So I'm just, how about... How about we just look at each other? No, your expectation of your pastor is to, is to make sure that he has enough time in the study of the word of God. Do I hear an amen this morning? So it is, un, it is very important for us to understand that we must have certain expectations and not have certain expectations. So what I want to say is, your, the primary assignment of the pastor and the prophets and all those people is to teach the word of God. That's why Paul can say, we, the, we apostles should spend our time teaching, time teaching the word of God. So it's very important that you don't have um, unrealistic expectation of your pastor. Do I hear an amen? The way we're going to make sure that we all get there and equip the body is by these types of teachings. Amen. Where else will you know what is the expectation of the pastor except the pastor, the gift, has studied the word of God and is able to relate that message to you. That. So um, if your car breaks down, and I believe pastor has mentioned this before, if your car breaks down on I-10, Pastor is not the person you should call, praise God, because that's the misuse of his office. The purpose of the pastor is to study the word of God, to ensure that you are being fed right, so that you have a good diet and you are growing and you are being equipped to do the work of the ministry. Do I hear an amen? So, is it that the pastor cannot come to uh, your party? No, it doesn't mean that. He can come, but don't expect and don't be upset if he doesn't. On a Saturday especially, his assignment is to be in the study so that when you come on Sunday, you're not coming and saying, well, where is Pat? Well, 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 you know, well, you know, maybe he has a hangover like you. That would not be appropriate now, would it? He should leave on time. Praise God. Praise God, somebody, so that he can go home and prepare your meal. Hallelujah, somebody. So another thing that I want us to ensure that we, 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 we understand is the expectation of the office. So when we know what to expect, we are not disappointed when he doesn't come for your, the functions that you desire. Of course, it is important for you to want to have that relationship with your pastor. But you must understand his primary assignment is the teaching that he will teach you. Praise God. You know, as I was going through it, 
I was um, speaking with one of my daughters. She was like, mommy, I kind of understand where you're coming from. It's like your teacher in school. When your teacher, your teacher's responsibility in school is to teach you. You know, so I can't expect my teacher to be in the cafeteria with us <laughs> laughing and carrying on. That's not the expectation of the, in fact, if you, you know, it, it just, so we must understand that the purpose of the man of God, the, the gifts that the body has given us, that, that, the, that God has given to the body of Christ is to equip you to, to do the work of the ministry. Does that mean that they can do other things? Of course they can, but that should not take precedence over teaching and making sure that you have a proper diet. Do I hear an amen? I want us to look very quickly and lastly, what is it that the message, what is the message that the, the five offices should be teaching? Why is it that you need them to teach a particular way and what was God's mindset when he said that these are gifts to the body of Christ remember we mentioned that he said you cannot understand everything he was telling those people then because he had not died yet he has not been resurrected and all of these things so these gifts these five offices are equipped to continue to reveal Jesus the benefits look at what pastor is going to be teaching us starting on Tuesday who we are in Christ who Christ is and who we are in Christ the benefits of us being heirs of Christ these are the things to reveal that Jesus is the message of the scripture amen second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slacking concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What is the will of God? Those five offices are supposed to reveal the will of God to us, which is that Christ does not want any to perish. The Bible says in John 3, 16 that we all know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. And then Paul says something which is in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. He says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him we hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org. That called you into the grace of Christ onto another gospel. Which is not another, but there is, there be some that trouble you and will not pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Then lastly,
Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, he says, when I first came to you, Dear brothers and sisters, I did not use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus. So, like I was saying to my daughter, my assignment when I stand on this pulpit is not to tell you politics. That's not my job. I'm not a politician. I am a pastor. Your expectation of me should not be politics. If you're looking for to hear about politics, that's what President Trump is for. He is a politician. So when you look for when you're looking for updates on politics, look to a politician. My assignment on the pulpit is not to teach you about politics or to talk about politics. My assignment on the pulpit is to reveal Jesus and to talk about Jesus and to talk about the message and to equip you as we have read equipped you to do the work we go to different gatherings for different reasons amen if you're going to a political rally you expect that they're talking about politics that's that what is what you went there to do or what you went there for if you come to church your purpose of coming to church is that I and those that stand on this pulpit to equip you to do the work of the ministry don't have the expectation that I will dress I will address political issues do not have that expectation that I will address political issues on the pulpit of Christ. Because the primary assignment of this pulpit is that we equip. That's what we read. It's not what we read. He gave gifts. He said he called apostles, pastors, evangelists, and so on and so forth. To what? Equip. You come here to be fed, to be strengthened, and to be equipped. If I am using the pulpit to do anything other than that then I am not doing the reason why I'm called, which is to teach you the word of the Lord. I rest my case this morning. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. In Jesus' name, God bless you.